Guys, it's, it, it's a blessing to be here. Uh, I, I just so enjoy uh, being able to come and teach. And I usually have handouts, uh, but I couldn't get into the office. I wasn't allowed to get up out of, out of my chair uh, unless I was doing uh, uh, physical therapy or exercising. And uh, let me tell you, uh, the surgery was bad, but boy, physical therapy and exercising is, is the worst, uh, especially when you have a sergeant for a wife uh, that makes you do it. And, uh, you know, it's just like, okay, it's time for exercises. Oh, really? So what have I done for Thanksgiving? Exercising and watching Hallmark uh, uh, Christmas stories, love stories, uh, which, which has been a blessing. I've loved it. Uh, but, guys, uh, it's great to be here. And, you know, so often at Thanksgiving time, and what was so neat about this Thanksgiving is, you know, I have half of my family living here in Lynchburg, the other half living in Washington State. And we were sitting around the table, uh, those that lived here, and we started to go around and share the things that we were thankful for. And, uh, you know, this past week, uh, not being able to do a whole lot, uh, yet I would go outside and I would go for a walk just to, to get out and, and uh, uh, walk up and down the uh, driveway a little bit and go out and get the newspaper. And I remember I, I, I sat in on, on the Discovery Channel uh, they had the uh, special on, two-night special, on the aspect of the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving. And it was really interesting, and as I was watching it, is to realize that in the United States, and, and, and we think back in the time of when uh, Thanksgiving uh, actually started, and of course it all goes back to the pilgrims. You know, when you were little, uh, your school always had a, a Thanksgiving special, and you guys uh, were, uh, your mom would cut out a paper, uh, a scarf to make it look like a, a, a white thing that you had on, and you girls had little hats on, and, and you did the Thanksgiving. And, you know, as, as I was watching that, you know, so often the thing that we remember is William Bradford, and uh, William Bradford was a separatist who, who came over in the Mayflower to, to settle the first colony in the United States at Plymouth Rock. And, and he settled it in 1620. And as I was watching uh, the show, the one thing they brought out was in, in uh, November uh, 1623, uh, he made a, a proclamation. And it really hit me as I, as I looked at this proclamation. And this is how uh, he uh, made this proclamation uh, to the pilgrims that were there. And he says this, Inasmuch as the great father has given this year an abundant harvest of Indian corn, wheat, peas, beans, squashes, and garden vegetables, and has made the forest abound in game and the sea with fish and clams, and inasmuch as he has protected us from the ravages of the savages, has spared us from pestilence and disease, has granted us freedom to worship God according to the dictates of our own conscience. Now, I, the magistrate, do proclaim that all ye pilgrims with your wives and all ye little ones do gather at ye house, which was the church building that was built there, on ye hill, between the hours of, of uh, tw- uh, 9 and 12 in the daytime, on Thursday, November the 29th, of the year of our Lord, 1,623. And, and, and he says here, Since ye pilgrims landed on Plymouth Rock, there to listen to ye pastor and render thanksgiving to ye almighty God for all his blessings. 
You know, when I read that, the first thing that hit me was to realize that, that many countries do uh, have a thanksgiving, uh, you know, as we look at it. And, and, and they realized, and as I looked at that proclamation, who did they bring glory to? They brought glory to God. They talked about the Heavenly Father. The very fact of why they came to the United States uh, in this country to establish a colony was for religious freedom and to worship God. But to realize that in Argentina and Brazil and Canada, Japan, Korea, uh, Liberia and Switzerland, we find them having a day of thanksgiving. But you know, when I looked a little further at thanksgiving, in, in the year 1789, October the 3rd, George, George Washington made a proclamation. And it's amazing that when we, when we look at history books today and how they're wiping out so much of the history and the very fact of why we were here and why we were settled and the very fact, I believe with all my heart, that we started as a Christian nation. And a lot of people say, well, no, that's not what it is. And I was looking at this proclamation that George Washington gave uh, to those uh, in the United States setting aside a certain day for Thanksgiving. This is what he says. Whereas, it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God. He says, all nations, all nations are to acknowledge the providence of Almighty God, to obey His will, to be grateful for His benefits, to humbly implore His protection, and forever, and whereas both houses of Congress have, by their, their joint committee, requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with, with grateful hearts the many sign favors of Almighty God, especially affording them uh, the opportunity to peaceably uh, establish a form of government huh, for safety and happiness. And he declared, declared November the day that we celebrate uh, Thanksgiving. But it's amazing when I looked at this. What does he talk about? He talks about the Almighty God. He talks about, about the fact of, of yielding to, to God's will. He talks about the benefits that we receive from God. That, that we are to humbly come before God. Let me tell you, God is all through all of this. And I look at this and I think, Wow. What God has given to us and what we have is something that we can praise God for. And when we come to Thanksgiving, as you know, so often we think of Thanksgiving and it's so great to have the turkey and the ham. And, and if you're Italian, uh, a lasagna along with your turkey and, and everything else that goes along with it. And to realize that, that sometimes we get so caught up because I was talking to someone the other day and they said it was amazing when we got there. Uh, you know, we wanted to share God's blessing, but we realized the majority of the people there were not Christian. And they just wanted to go start eating. And not even realizing what Thanksgiving was set aside for. To be thankful. To who? To Almighty God. I was reading some scripture in Psalm 26, 6 to 8. We read, I wash my hands in innocence and go around your altar, O Lord, proclaiming thanksgiving, wow, aloud. Aloud. And telling all your wondrous deeds. Telling everybody of your wondrous deeds. Oh Lord, I love the habitation of your house. That's where we're at now. And worshiping with other believers. In the place where your glory dwells. 
that's within us. Wow. Psalm 50, verses 14 to 15. Offer to God thanksgiving. Offer it to, to God thanksgiving. An offering. And pay your vows to the Most High. Call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. Psalm 147, verses 7 to 8. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp and the guitar and the piano and, and whatever we have. Uh, the little box up here, you know. Uh, we, we, we make praises unto the Lord who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. You know, I have a student and, and my profession is counseling and I had a student come to my office and he says, he said, Pastor Dana, I, I, I'm discouraged. So I, I, you know, I get up depressed. I, you know, I, you know, I, I just, I just, just feel that, that everything's going wrong. And, and he was going on and on. And so I gave him a little notebook. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to carry that notebook with you all week. I want when you get up in the morning to write down all the blessings that God gives you throughout the day. I mean blessings like, like hot water. Uh, to take a shower, a uh, 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 Christian radio station, uh, maybe walk into class and all of a sudden you see all the leaves turning their colors, write it down, what a blessing. Uh, if you hear a bird singing, I mean things that you would think was, was sort of stupid in a way that aren't stupid, it's blessings that God has given to you. I want you to write it all down the whole week until you come to see me next week. He said, I don't know. I said, no, do that. Do, do it for me. But I want you to be aware of everything. I want you to be aware of everything. He came in the next week. And, and the notebook was almost completely full. Almost completely full. He says, you know, I had overlooked so many blessings that God was given to me. And I didn't realize that, that they were there until I started to write them down. And all of a sudden I'm looking and thinking, God, you are so awesome. I said, keep writing them down. Keep writing them down. In 2 Corinthians 4.15 in the NIV, we see this. He says, all this is for your benefit. So that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. His notebook's overflowing with all the blessings. Also in the New Testament, Philippians 4.6 he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests made be, no, be known to God. I, you know, I, I was reading some of this, and, you know, I, I, I had gotten home, and, 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 of course, they told me they were going to keep me in the hospital uh, for two, two days after the surgery. It would have been three days. And I kept saying, uh-uh, uh-uh, no, I'm going home. No, 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 no. Your knee was worse than what we thought. Matter of fact, it was the greatest thing being awake during the surgery. I mean, it was, it was amazing. You know, they wheel me in. As soon as they wheel me in, uh, the surgical team was there. And the one guy goes, hey, Papa Dane, how are you? I said, what do you mean, how am I doing? You're putting me on an operating table. How, how, how do you think I'm doing? You know, I said, who are you? He goes, oh, I'm David. I said, David, I, said, I know you can't pull down your mask. What's your last name? You had my wife and I. You did our premarital counseling. Wow. A young woman comes in and she goes, Hey, Papa Dane. 
And she's one of the anesthesiologists. And, and, and she comes over and she says, you know, how are you doing? I said, hey, I'm doing fine. She said, you did my husband and I are, are, are premarital counseling. Another guy walked over and he said, I want to thank you for LFL. I'm telling you, it has helped me so much. And I'm married now and my marriage is a success. That was awesome, man. Keep me awake, man. All of a sudden, the doctor comes in and he goes, How, how's it going, Papa Dane? <laughs> you know? So now my doctor calls me Papa Dane. But you talk about blessings. I'm laying there and I tell my wife, you know, we had such an awesome time. An awesome time in the hospital. It was amazing to talk to people about Jesus. It was, how about it? The people we ran into, the people we talked to. I mean, I mean. Sure, maybe two extra days, I could have talked to more people, and I still ready to go home, okay? But I had such a blast. You know, instead of sitting there going, oh, well, it's me. It's amazing what God, where he puts you, and the things that he puts in your path, and people that you never realized that you were reaching by, by obeying God, and there they are. Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. You know, there's a legend about two angels who, who were sent to earth to gather up the prayers of men. One was to fill his basket with petitions of mankind. The other was to gather up prayers of thanksgiving. Sometimes later, uh, they went back to heaven. The, the one angel, when, when he got there, his basket was full and overflowing of petitions, asking for things. The angel that was gathering up the prayers of thanksgiving had one or two in his basket. Isn't that like us so often in our lives? We get to a place where we stop realizing the blessings that God has given to us. You know, tonight's verse is one of the verses, and then we're going to look at Psalm 100. But in Luke 17, verses 11 to 19, in the ESV, we see a little story that comes along. It says here, on the way to Jerusalem, he was passing along between Samaria and Galilee. Now, and I got to understand that it was right in the border uh, between Samaria and, and Judah. And Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem. And what happens? As he entered the village, he was met by ten lepers who stood at the distance and lifted up their voices, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. And then one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. And he fell on his face at Jesus' feet. Wow. Giving him thanks. Now, he was a Samaritan. And then Jesus answered, we're not ten cleansed, where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? And he said to him, rise and go your way. Your faith has made you well. Your faith. Guys, many of you have read about leprosy. Leprosy is a horrible disease. When I was in India, a few years back, we went to an island that's set aside for lepers. Now, a lot of people thought leprosy was something that was contagious. Uh, and, and now they found out that it, it's like a virus. It's something that goes into the body and, 
and, and, and they don't know how you get it, but, but it wasn't as bad as what they thought it was back here. It destroys nerve endings. Uh, you know, the people that we went to and, and we worked with, there are a lot of people there that, that their fingers were missing. Uh, they would pick up something hot but couldn't feel it was hot and they would burn their hands. Some people, uh, because of the rats in the area, as they would be sleeping, rats would come and gnaw on their feet and on their hands. I mean, it's a horrible disease. It, 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 it disfigures the person. Uh, you know, a lot of the people that we saw didn't have a, a nose or an ear. These people were considered unclean. They were isolated. When I look at this, they could not return to normal life. They, according to the law, had to announce their presence when they would go into a city or go into a location and they would yell, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine that kind of life? And here are, here are ten, ten men who have leprosy, this horrible disease. Strike one. But one of them was a Samaritan. <laughs> Strike two. Leper, Samaritan. Jews hated the Samaritans. After Assyria invaded Israel, the northern kingdom was resettled, resettled by their own people, a mixed breed of people. Now the Jews felt that they were pure breeds. And they hated the Samaritans for they were half-breeds. Jews would not walk through Samaria, Samaria, even though it was the shortest route. They would go the whole way around Samaria uh, to their destination. If, like a Gentile, a shadow of a Gentile or Samaritan would, would, would lay across, maybe you're sitting and they walk in the sun and, and, and their shadow would fall on you, Jordan. You would have to go in the temple and wash because now you're unclean because their shadow had, 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 had crossed your path and on you. That's how much they hated them. That's how much they hated them. Now think about it. He's a leper. And he's a Samaritan. And Jesus heals them. Jesus tells them to, to go show themselves to the priests. And, and, and as they turn to walk away. Now understand what's fascinating. He doesn't do it right away. He says, go show yourself. They still have leprosy. And as they start obeying him, going to the priest, they are cleansed. They are cleansed. But nine of them kept going. But one stops. The one that had the two strikes against him, being a leper and being a Samaritan. But this Samaritan responds to God. He responds to what God had done to him through his son, Jesus Christ. And he returns, and it says with a loud voice, he glorifies God. With a loud voice, he glorifies God. And he falls at the feet of Jesus, and he worships him. And he gives him thanks. He showed his faith. He showed his faith. The nine ungrateful lepers, they, they did not obey. I mean, they did obey by turning away. But they did not return to thank God, thank Jesus. Guys, they should have been grateful. They should have been grateful. Are we grateful 
What about us? You know, we're so quick, quick to judge those nine. But what about us? How often do we take our blessings for granted? Think about it. How many times do we fail to thank him for what he has done for us? Just like those lepers. We had a disease, and that disease was sin. And Jesus died on the cross to wash that sin away and to cleanse us. I won't go into it, but you can look it up. And Colossians 3, verses 12 to 14 tells us what he did for us. It's amazing to realize that when I read that portion of Scripture, first of all, he qualified us to share in his inheritance. He qualified us to share in his inheritance. Until we accepted him and were washed by his blood, we were not qualified. But him dying on the cross and what he did for us, he qualified us for heaven. Number two, he rescued us. It says in that portion that he rescued us from the power of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of light. Kingdom of light. He delivered us from the clutches of Satan. Satan's kingdom is a kingdom of darkness. But Christ's kingdom is the kingdom of light. This past year, uh, we went to uh, 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 the uh, Luray Caverns. Is that where we were? Uh, with Joan's sister and brother. And we went down. And they said, now we're going to shut off the lights to show you what dark is. And they shut off the lights. And it was so dark it could almost cut it. It just, it just engulfed you. That's the darkness. In Satan's kingdom. But he brings us to the kingdom of light. He brought us out, number three, he brought us out into an eternal kingdom. He brought us into his eternal kingdom. We are placed in his kingdom. He redeemed us. He bought our freedom from sin. He set us free from judgment, Galatians 2.20. And then lastly, here, when we look at Colossians, he forgave us. He forgave us. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins in accordance with his riches of his grace. Wow. So, with all that said, where are we in the aspect of thanksgiving? A living life of thanksgiving to the Lord. Being thankful to God for all of his blessings is truly what we should be doing as believers in Christ. How can we express our thanksgiving to the Lord? How can I do it, Lord? How can I express my thanksgiving? Well, easy. Turn to Psalm 100. And we'll read the whole psalm, but we're going to read the first three verses. I love this. He says, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who has made us, and we are his, and we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. Number one, don't be afraid to shout praise to the Lord. Don't be afraid to shout praise to the Lord. Why are we commanded to shout to the Lord? John 4.23. John 4.23 says, But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father. True worshipers. The word there, true, means genuine. 
genuine worshipers. Now, isn't it amazing when we go to church, we think everybody in church are true worshipers. Uh, when, when, when we see people in great gatherings, you know, to celebrate Thanksgiving, uh, you know, with the President of the United States and everybody there, you know, and, and, and they seem to be worshiping and giving thanks, but, but are they genuine worshipers? Are they genuine believers? Do they know Jesus Christ as their Savior? Or is this just a thing to do? Like an Easter. Churches are packed at Easter time. But then you don't see the people the rest of the time. Guys, let me tell you, he says here, he says here, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, everybody. And then he says here, but the hour is coming when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In spirit. What's he talking about in spirit? Okay. On the outside, someone can, can really seem like, 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 like they're worshiping the Lord. On the outside, they can put on a, a facade. They can put on a mask. You know, I, I always think of, of uh, uh, the movie, uh, uh, what is it, the, uh, the guy that... Mask. No, but they sing Masquerade. Okay. Phantom of the Opera. <laughs> and... and and I look at this, and when I watch the Phantom of the Opera, and, and, and I love, I love that, that scene when they're singing. I mean, to me, I just, woo, that, that scene is fantastic. But they're all wearing masks. And I look at this, and it says, okay, we can look good on the outside, but what's on the inside? We worship him in spirit. That means that our spirit fellowships with his spirit because we are genuinely believers in Christ and it's what's inside that counts, not what's on the outside. You know, it, it, it's like, okay, you know, uh, 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 you know, I get a box of chocolates and, and there are certain ones I don't like, you know? And, and, and so, so what do I do? You know, I, I lick the chocolate off on the outside and there's a cherry on the inside. And I go, I don't like that. <laughs> so I put it back in the box. Uh, I really don't. Uh, but guys... I look at it and, and, and that chocolate, but what's on the inside? Buttercream. Oh, yeah, that's it. You know, peanut butter melt away. Oh, yeah, I love peanut butter melt away. You know, I, what's on the inside is what's important, you know. And my daughter wrote me the other day and she said, I'm, I'm, I'm in Seattle and that's where they live. And she said, I'm going to Mrs. C's chocolate. What kind of chocolates do you like? I don't say, well, just get anything you want. I'll like anything. No, I don't. <laughs> I say, this is what I like, because they know what's on the inside. What's in the inside is what I like. It's what's real. And I look at this, and he says, he said, worship him in spirit. Draw near to God. It's what's on the inside. He says here, worship in truth. How do I worship in truth? By really getting to know him. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. I want to know him. That's what he's talking about. But then what hit me, as I was looking at this, for the Father is seeking such people to worship him. And I sat and I looked at that. You know, last night I was looking at that and seeking. Isn't it sad that he has to seek such people? What has happened? Where are they? Why does he have to seek them? Is there, is, that, is, there, is there that few of them? He said he seeks them. 
He says here, shout is associated with great achievement and joy. He says here, shout. I love this. Shout for joy to the Lord. Shout. Think about it. When you go to a football game and your team is playing and and, and what do you do when, when it gets down to, to just the last few minutes? It's overtime, and all of a sudden you're shouting, and, and, and someone has a chance to, to kick a field goal. And, and if he f- kicks that field goal, he'll beat the other team maybe by one point. And you're going, ah, do it, do it, you know. And all of a sudden he kicks it and he goes straight through. And you're going, yeah, yeah, and you're jumping up and down. And, and the next day you can't talk because your, your voice is gone. And, oh, you know. Hmm. But when it comes to the Lord, where's the shouting? Where's the shouting? Shouting is associated with great achievement and joy, maybe about someone. About someone. It's amazing. I sit in my office, and, and they're great guys, you know, but they're very much, you know, you know in, in, into into sports, and, and, and it's great, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's amazing how you mention somebody, and they know everything about that person. Everything about where they came from, everything about, about their, their accolades and, and, and playing that sport, everything about them. And, and, and I sit there, and I, I think we, we get so caught up with, with actors and athletes and, 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 and what we think of famous people that, you know, so often, when did we spend time to get to know Jesus and to shout for joy for him? A, a, a shout represents all that is win within us. All that is within us. A shout lets others know what we think and what we feel. It lets other people know what we think and what we're feeling. You know, I, 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 I'm sitting and we decided to watch a year ago uh, the Christmas shoes, okay? The, oh, Kiaba. I'm sitting there and it comes to the end and my daughter goes, are you crying yet, Dad? No, <laughs> no, no, I'm not crying. <laughs> guys, guys, let me tell you, I look at this and, and every, you know, it's, it's like my kids when they were in band and, and, and we would sit there and we'd go to competition every, every Saturday. Any of you ever been in band and you had competition on Saturdays? And mom and dad would go every Saturday morning. We'd get up and we, sometimes we were part of the pit crew and, and everything. And I'd be sitting there and the band would come out and, and there would be Kira. She was color guard and Tina would be playing uh, an instrument in the band. And I'm sitting there and, and, and they come out and I go, that's our girls out there. <laughs> you know? and, and, and I start crying and I, I would go down and my girls would say, when we came out marching daddy, did you cry? Yeah, yeah, I did. Why did you cry? For joy. Because I love you. Spent a couple of days just weeping. <laughs> you know, we, we were sitting last night and, you know, I got some of my Christmas decorations out and can't really put them up much because I can't get up. And I was thinking about my kids and just been a weepy two days. <laughs> you know, I missed them so bad. But what's my weeping show? What, you know, crying out loud, why shouting and, and sharing? I'm, I'm sharing what I feel. 
When, when, when you are, are, are thanking and praising God, don't be afraid to be loud about it. Number two, don't be afraid to serve the Lord with gladness. Don't, verse two, don't be afraid to serve the Lord with gladness. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with a joyful song. What does gladness mean? It means mirth, gaiety, and happiness. Gladness. Sincere and true delight in serving God should be accompanied with words and deeds of worship. Joan and I have dear friends in India. Amal and Rachel Power. I've never seen people that worship the Lord and talk about it and live it. They lived in a a house with a dirt floor. She's an American, used to all the the stuff here in America. He's Indian. They go back to the the town that he was part of a gang. And they go there to reach people for Jesus Christ. They put put, uh, uh, material, uh, curtains up in the window because they didn't have glass windows. And God has blessed them since then. I remember, I remember a, a, a picture on Facebook, and she said, finally, I got him. She's holding this rat. i never seen a rat that big in all my life, you know? And she said, praise God, you know, and she's talking. When we are serving the Lord, don't be afraid to do it with a glad heart. Number three, don't be afraid to come into the Lord's presence. Don't be afraid to come into the Lord's presence. Verse 2. Come to his, into his presence with singing. With singing. How do we come into his presence? Well, number one, privately. It's our devotions. It's our time we spend with him. And number two, corporately. We worship together as a body. Acts 2, verses 41 to 47. And we won't read it. And you can look it up. Because you can read, but... When I looked at the early church, what were they? First of all, they were teachable. They came together and, 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 and they were taught. Next, they, they were available. They were available to reach out, to be there for one another. Number three, they were worshipful. They worshiped the Lord. They broke bread together. Number four, they were joyful. They, 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 they sang praises to God. Number five, they were thankful. Number six, they were sacrificial. They were willing to give what they had in order to help the church grow and bring more people into the body. Boy, what has happened today? Okay, number four, don't be afraid to get to know the Lord. Don't be afraid to get to know the Lord. Verse three, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his, and we are his people, and the sheep of his pasture. One of the four things that we we can know about God that will motivate us to worship. Number one, know that God is our creator. God is our creator. He created us. Number two, realize That he made us what we are. (laughs) That we did not make ourselves. Some of you sit down and and, and how dare you when you look at the Lord and say, 
God, I don't understand. Why did you make me this way? Why, why, why did you do Wait a minute, he's the creator. He knows exactly. He knows exactly. You know, I, I was at American Association of Christian Counselors conference and, 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 and Johnny Erickson Tata got up and shared. Broken neck, paralyzed from the neck down. Praising God. She said, God allowed this to happen because I have reached millions of people for Christ that I would never have done if I hadn't gotten a broken neck. Wow. And how many people would have just died and said, I don't want to go on. Number three, recognize that we belong to him. He bought us with a price. Number four, respond as a sheep to the shepherd. How how can we worship God, the creator? Thank him for your body. Thank him for your body. Thank God for your family. My children. I remember when they lived at home at night when they'd be sleeping, I would go into their rooms and I would just stand there and, and watch them. They're mine. My children. How can we worship God for your, uh, that he's your protector? How do I do it? Audibly, I worship him. And corporately, I worship him. We're almost done. Number five, don't be afraid. And this is the last, last two verses. Don't be afraid to be thankful. Don't be afraid to be thankful. Verses four to five. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. In his courts with praise. Now, enter his gates, into his court. So who is he? He's the king. He's the king. He said, and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. What three attributes, and we'll finish with this, that we see here as a psalmist ends with a benediction. He says, goodness. Goodness is God's nature that disposes him to do good things for us. Huh. And we miss it. It does good things. Mercy. Mercy is God's goodness manifested to those in distress. Mercy. He shows mercy on us. Lastly is truth. Truth is God telling us the way things are to tell us now how we are to live. And I'm telling you guys, when we trust God and we put our faith in him, Thanksgiving takes on a whole different meaning as we look at the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord, for all that you've given to us. And Lord, I pray that you uplift, guide, and direct us this evening. Let us take these truths and add them to our lives that we may shout, shout to the Lord. Praise your name. Oh, Lord, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. We have a couple songs that just talk about shouting to the Lord.